Hey there, fellow humans. Basic Weech here. This is episode two of the Basically Obsessed podcast, and this interview is with a good friend of mine, Infinite Notions. Infinite Notions is a wonderfully caring and sweet human whom I've known for a couple of years now. She's also a very intelligent human with a ton of passions. If you'd like to see more of her content, I placed links to her Twitch channel in the description below. A quick disclaimer about this episode. Neither Infinite Notions or I are experts in the field of cognitive psychology, um, and there is no point where either of us will pretend to be or have ever pretended to be. This conversation is merely the product of two interested individuals delving lightly into a topic that many people find interesting and is no way intended to be taken as medical or professional opinion. Also, a trigger warning for this episode, this conversation touches on topics of racism, sexual violence, murder, and other macabre and disturbing concepts. Because of this, listener discretion is greatly advised. And welcome to episode two of Basically Obsessed. I am your host, a Basic Weech, and with me today is none other than the very famous, the wonderful, the very wonderful, the very uh, kind and lovely Infinite Notions. Hello, Infinite Notions. Hello, Basic Weech. Nice. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, today, we are going to be talking about a bunch of um, amazing and wonderful things. I don't have any housekeeping or anything for the show, so we're just going to dive right into it. Um, our Infinite Notions is, is furiously chugging a Topo Chico as we speak. Um, so <laughs> let's, just, let's just go. Let's just get into it. Uh, Infinite Notions, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you like to do? What do you do for work if you feel comfortable sharing that? Um, what got you started on streaming Twitch games, the Twitchy games, etc. Sure thing, Basic Weech. Nice. Um, so, nice. So, um, yeah, I am currently in school. I'm getting my PhD. Um, it's a pretty huge degree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's actually That's what, what that stands, stands for. for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm doing that in a field called Human Factors. And you might think to yourself, what the heck is human factoring? It's crazy. That's exactly what I thought when you said yeah. that. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically are like, okay, so like I got my undergrad in psychology and I was like, okay, like what the fuck am I supposed to do with this now? Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah. Yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. We're going to talk about murderers, dude. Okay. I expect okay. it to be graphic. Bet. All right. Yeah. Bet. So anyway, so I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? I just got my bachelor's in psychology and I don't want to listen to com people complain all the time. Like, that's not my thing. Um, and so someone was like, well, in human factors, you literally take the cognitive side of psychology, which is really fascinating, in my opinion, and you apply it to technology. So okay. we look at people's uh, limitations and attention or uh, limitations in perception, people's limitations in making decisions, all that kind of good stuff. And we apply it to technology. So that stuff is so stuff is more user friendly for okay. people. Okay. So if if I were to ask you to explain that to me, like I was an absolute fucking moron, which I'm not for the record. But if, if I was to ask you to explain it to me like I was, how would you say that? Like you were a moron? If I was, not just like pretend I am. Like okay. if I, I'm like just like a basic bitch, like how would you explain what you do? So you know your telephone? Mm -hmm. I know of it, yeah. Okay, is it a touch screen? It is. Okay, well, how often it responds to your touch had someone behind it who said, this is how often it should respond to people's touch and how quickly. Oh, cool. So like haptic feedback and like, long pressing all of that mm -hmm. that kind of thing mm -hmm. very cool very very yes cool. and we also do um autonomous vehicles Neat. Um, ai uh human machine teaming is a popular realm that's actually what i'm working on right now and what is that human machine teaming so if i if you're driving your car and your autonomy vehicle right you just got a tesla because you made bank on this pod podcast obviously right? obviously which also tesla has terrible design but we'll get it. i know i've seen some videos sorry oh, elon so bad 
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, anyway, so... I'd sit here and trash yeah. Elon Musk for a second. <laughs> One of the popular topics within uh, t human-machine teaming is, like, do I trust this automation? Okay. Do I trust it to drive for me and not get me in an accident? Sure, yeah, which is, I think, a very important question if we're going to fully automated vehicles, right? Like, exactly. Or if you are even playing a video game, do you trust your teammate if you know your teammate's in, uh, an AI? Right, are yeah, you, yeah, and most of the time, I think that right now, with the level of AI that we have, if you have an NPC playing on your team, the people are going to say, no, I don't trust them to do the right thing. So, And that's why they should watch the free guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my, you know, boring work side, right? Okay. Um, as far as streaming, you know, I stream during the week sometimes, and I like to do spooky, scary horror streaming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually played a very scary game yesterday, and I could not sleep without the TV on. I scared the shit out of myself. Good time. <laughs> Um, but I actually got into streaming because I started living with these two boys who were big into video games. I was my mom never let me play video games when I was a kid. She said it was just for boys. So I wasn't allowed to play. And then I started living with these fools and they were like, bro, we're going to build you a PC. And I was like, I'm not going to use it, but let's do it. And then now I'm obsessed with my PC, and that's how I met Basic Weech. Yeah. That's, that's actually <laughs> how I met a lot of my friends, yeah. through streaming and mm -hmm. through playing video games. Um, so it was like love at first sight, I guess. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, 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 where did, where did Infinite Notions come from? The, oh the name Infinite Notions. Okay, so when I was younger in like high school, I was really obsessed with uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm -hmm. And there's the quote in there is, I feel infinite, mm -hmm. you know, when mm -hmm. he's riding through the tunnel. Um, he's like, I feel infinite. And so when I was creating my Snapchat username, I was like, I'm going to do infinite notions. Yeah, like, nice. I don't know. It just came to me. And then I now I just use it for literally everything. It's a good one. When I created my first Instagram and all that other shit. So yeah, it's solid. I, I always think it's interesting listening to people's like origin stories of their usernames because some people have like, oh, I've been using this since I was 12. And it's like, well, your name is Chili Dog. So like, <laughs> that's very interesting that you chose hey, that. Chili you're dog. really you're really stuck with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chili Dog. Mm -hmm. So I always like hearing like why people chose the things that they chose. Perks of being Wait, wallflower is great yours? for me. Basic Weech. Uh, so Squid calls me Weech all the time. Um, and then the whole idea of like things just being basic and that being okay, like was sort of what I wanted to roll with, um, especially starting up a Twitch channel because I that was it was specifically a username for that. I was like, I am okay with me just being average at video games and absolutely basic at all of these other things. But my personality is great, you know, now that's the weech part. So, Aww, yeah, mm -hmm. um, you what is so oh, I'm going to skip that one and come back to it a little bit later. You mentioned that you play a lot of scary games. Mm -hmm. um, can you chat a little bit about your love of scary games, your love of horror? Um, where did it start? And um, why do you think it stuck with you this long? Because it, it's definitely something that you see like drives your channel quite a bit it's horror yeah absolutely and there's not a lot of horror streamers i've found i mean like i'm sure they're out there but like a lot of my friends will be like oh i can't play that shit mm -hmm. but so for me like when i was a kid i was terrified of everything when i oh, i'm just gonna give you a story that's you great at it later uh so when i was eight years old right my dad and i were i vividly remember this my dad and i were like picking a movie to watch together my dad's my best friend. So, and I'm literally eight years old and I was like, I want to watch Freddy versus Jason. Okay. It looks cool. And he's like, this is a scary movie. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to watch it. <laughs> um, scare the shit out of me. Oh my God. I was like, I couldn't sleep the whole night. I was right. so scared. Yeah. Like, but then I kept torturing myself after that. You know, like I, when I was 14, I think I went to go see the conjuring 
That one scared the shit out Dude, of me. That is a very scary movie. It's very scary. I, I slept with the Bible that night. Bro, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so scared. I literally, I slept with a Bible and I had my boyfriend's mom stay up with, I like went over to her house and I, was, I, I had her stay up with me and read Bible verses with me. Oh my so gosh, scared. that's crazy. I'm not religious, but yeah. you know. Yeah, like knowing that about you and then knowing that you did that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's insane. I, I love that. I love that. Uh, <clears throat> oh, my youth. Anyway, okay, so I guess the more I started watching it, the the less I found it, like, scary necessarily, mm -hmm. and the more I had, like, just an interest in it overall. But what really got me is in undergrad, I took a course called The Philosophy of Horror. Okay. It was the most interesting class I've ever taken. Also, the most difficult class I've ever taken. And okay. again, I'm in my PhD. Right. All right. Anyway, um, so we really went over a lot of different theories of like why people are scared of horror. When we experience fear, are we experiencing real fear or imaginary fear? Um, there's like a whole paradox of fiction. It's like, are you actually feeling these things? Because if you are, that means you're like um, irrational as a person. Mm. But we don't want to see ourselves as irrational. So we yeah, it's like a whole argument. And then we went over a lot of Stephen King stuff because he explains, like, uh, one thing that stuck with me is, like, the theory of the monster. And, like, once you show people what the monster is, yeah. they're not afraid of yeah, it. The mist is, like, an excellent example of that, right? Where, like, the entire time or the majority of the time, you have no idea what's in there. And that's what's so scary about it, right? Exactly. Yeah. You have to be, but if you never show the monster, that can be damaging too. So you have to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing I thought was really interesting and what got me more into the psychological horror side as well is this idea of us enjoying horror because it's cathartic. That, what do you mean? That the people in horror movies act on our animal instincts, our primal instincts of like, killing and doing like, anything to survive right like if you take take midsummer i don't know if, have you seen that movie i have and i love it it's it, a great movie yeah i remember the first time i saw it and i it ended and i was like i loved that movie i need to wait a little bit to see it again and i feel kind of sick mm -hmm. you know and i think that that was the point of it like it and both of those, Midsummer and then also Hereditary, made me feel that way. I don't know why I equate those two. They're the same director, right? Yes. Yeah. Ari Aster, The Love of My Life. Yeah. It, but very much, like, disturbing to the point where I'm like, okay, that was exactly the kind of horror that I like to see. Because it's not a lot of, like, jump scares in your face. It's like this slow burn terror. Right. And what I love most about is those two movies specifically is like they do that cathartic thing where like, the, here's the monster. Here's all these horrible things that happen. Like you're experiencing catharsis through watching it. Mm -hmm. But traditional horror kills the monster at the end. And so that's when you feel the relief. Right. But Midsummer and Hereditary, the monster doesn't die. Yeah. Those primal urges never go away. Sure. It's like they're almost... Um, celebrated mm. at the end of the I think, film, especially at the why... end of Midsummer. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. and that's why I think it leaves a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm. Interesting, but I love it. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really good. That's a, that's a, I had never even thought about that. That's a really cool point. The thing, because now I'm thinking about Midsummer. The thing that I really loved about that was this: the juxtaposition of how American culture is viewed when there's grief happening as opposed to other cultures, you know, and like right. how other cultures tend to grieve as like a community, you know, mm -hmm. and American culture is like, no, you're feeling bad about something. Cool. Go deal with it. Go figure it out yourself. Fuck you almost like to a certain extent. And that like very toxic thing of just like, okay, you feel bad. That's okay. But just go deal with it. And then, and her, you know, going through this uh, severe loss in that com like that culture in that community and they're like we'll feel your pain with you mm -hmm. that is very fascinating so oh, i love so it beautiful. it's a great it's a great movie really if you is. haven't seen it you should go watch it but just be warned it's really fucking gory so, oh yeah it is yeah that scene <laughs> with the cliff scene mm. and the barn 
Mm. Yeah. I don't want to spoil stuff, but you know exactly what I mean when I say it. It's this yeah. podcast sponsored by Midsummer. No, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Aster. Thank you, A24, for sponsoring this podcast. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a great movie. Uh but right. it has it has a lot of meaning. And I think that there's there's beautiful layers, I think, in in all of those movies. So Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, so so obviously I have a love of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Any horror, if any ever were like, let's go on a date, I'm like, is it a horror movie? Because if not, I'm probably not. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pass on that. Actually, no I think I'm okay. No. Um, so right, but horror movies don't scare me anymore. I've become too. I've seen too much. You understand I, the tropes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It it just doesn't get me anymore, and that's where horror games come in because okay. horror games they can get you. Like, they really get you. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's I was was gonna be my next question is like how how what do you think the difference between like horror movies and horror games are? Is it the I'm a part of this now and I have to make the decisions kind of thing, or is it like like what what is that difference? It's definitely more immersive, if, especially if you're like a first in a first person horror mm-hmm. game, right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely more immersive. Um, what are some of your favorites? So, because I'm trying to like parse examples out a little bit. Yeah, I know. Well, the other problem is the desensitization. Like, uh, what's it called? Phasmophobia was really popular for a long time, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it for a while. And now it feels kind of campy to play. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. It stopped being scary and just started being like, eh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, in that case, but but when I talk about like I've just played Layers of Fear, which was pretty good. Um, and then the new one I just played that scared the shit out of me, like I was editing the video and I was still scared, um, was called Is Simon There? Okay. And I think maybe the ones that really get to me, especially, are the ones where you don't know what's happening, you don't know what's real or not, and you have to figure out it out as you're going. Did you play um PT? when or any of like the the bootleg versions that came out about that Mm-mm. it was the like the playable test um that came out that was supposed to be i believe it's like the silent hill game that hideo kojima was making and then they never actually ended up making the game they mm-hmm. based a lot of other like horror type games on it and it's like you're walking through this hallway there's like a phone you turn a corner you go down another long hallway there's a couple other things that you interact with then you open a door and it's the beginning of the hallway again yeah and so you're that. just going in circles and circles and slowly as you open the door over and over again everything is changing and getting weirder and darker and then like a door that like was one place is suddenly in another place and now that door is open and you can go in there and there's weird mm-hmm. stuff like and every time there's something slightly different and that's how the horror starts to take hold it's like this mm-hmm. slow creep that happens and you know that the only way to go is forward so you have right. no choice you're being like railroaded through this but you don't want to go forward because it's absolutely terrifying right yeah oh yeah i that's the game i just played honestly <laughs> yeah it's very scary. Um, yeah, so cool. Um, what what do you think? <laughs> cool, nice. <laughs> I'm glad you played a scary game. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, it's it's interesting, and I know it's like a big part of your stream, and it's a, it's a huge part of things that you're interested in, and so it's um, like taking that. Just, I'm interested in like why you got into it so thank you for sharing uh okay, and i'm just yeah. gonna add one little note please please the other side of it is like i usually like to play the indie horror games because there's just so much into it they just put so much into it that you wouldn't get from a normal like you know game yeah passion projects for sure yeah mm-hmm. like there's always something underlying the game that they're trying to get to. Do you think that that is like what makes good horror good horror? Where it's like, yeah, okay, it's scary, but also like there's a message that's being sent here that the horror is like the bread to the the message sandwich. Yeah, like the Babadook. Have you seen that movie? No. It's really well done because like yeah, there's a scary monster called the Babadook, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the real monster is depression. 
Mm. And and that's why I love I love it when horror does something like that. Yeah. Uh what I'm going to this is there's no good way to segue into this, <laughs> but I really like this question and I wanted to ask it to you. Maybe maybe like okay, yeah, horror has a lot of um believable elements in it. Um but it also has a lot of strange and weird unbelievable elements in it, like supernatural and weird and crazy. Um what is the most unbelievable thing that has ever happened to you in oh, real life? To, to me? Mhm. Mm um, that's a that's a tough question. So the immediate thing that comes to my mind is when I was staying with a friend, and we had been talking about ghosts and like creepy things, and then at one point her like closet just like slammed open it was really weird but i was like in my head i was like well maybe like something fell mm -hmm. or whatever like i didn't i kind of brushed it off and so anyway we went to bed it was a sleepover and at one point at like three o'clock in the morning i got up to go check my phone because it was on the other side of the room so i go to check my phone and my friend sits straight up from her bed turns and looks at me and she says go get out and then she does this really menacing giggle i'm gonna try and copy it it's like <laughs> and then she just went back no dude <laughs> bro, your house didn't have an alarm i'd be out bro <laughs> no that that is either like the best prank ever or some fucked up shit. <laughs> she does not remember it. I'm still Bro, that's crazy. That's she crazy, dude. Yeah. Woof. Woof. Scary. Other than that, I was just, I always thought my first house was haunted. But what do you mean? Like, I was very scared to be in that house. Like, um, so when I was a kid, I had two imaginary friends, mm -hmm. which is pretty normal, but one of them was named Gorney. Which is a weird name, right? Yeah, like so Sigourney Weaver, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like Gorney or, yeah, yeah, Gorney. It was Gorney and Iggy. Okay, whatever. And But Gorney was mean to me. Like, he would he would be really mean to me. And he it's so much so it scared my sister. Because sometimes I would impersonate his voice and she'd be like, okay, good night. And I'd be like, good night, sister. <laughs> like... <laughs> Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. Really creepy. And then one night, my parents were like watching the news or something. They're like, on the news, it was this guy who had died, and his name was Gorney. And they were like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" What, dude? No, creepy. No. I low key think I was. Because he was mean. Like I, he wasn't like nice to me. Like, That's so creepy. <laughs> low-key possessed by an alive man <laughs> right i mean but like i don't remember that time in my life so these are just stories that my that i've heard spooky mm. weird dude ah yeah. um, unex the the unexplained mysteries of infinite notions that's crazy two imaginary friends Ooh. i never i never had imaginary friends growing up and there's maybe this is like i don't know why i feel like this is fucked up of me but i am envious of kids that are like i had an imaginary friend growing up i'm like dude I wanted an imaginary friend. I was a lonely kid because my sister was five years older than me. Still, oh, sorry, that was my phone. Um, <laughs> when my phone falls below thirty-five percent battery, it makes that noise. Um, ooh. Uh, anyway, no, my sister is five years older than me, and. So I didn't, I was like lonely, you know, and like all of my other siblings are like way older than me. So they like weren't in the house when I was growing up, you know, it was just me basically, basically. And yeah. So I always wanted like an imaginary friend, but I never had one. I mean, I was lonely too, but mine might have been ghosts. So I don't know if you wanted my 
My, my. Yeah, I don't know. I, I lived in an old house, too, in the middle of, like, buttfuck nowhere, you know? Like, I, I, wanted, I wanted a ghost friend, but yes. instead I just threw rocks into the canyon. So, oh, well. Um, let's move along. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, I actually don't believe in ghosts, so. No? No. Okay, yeah, me neither. But I just think they're interesting, so. Yeah, um, I do think it's I, I always love hearing people share ghost stories, though, because I don't know. I just I, I think it's so fascinating that people have had very strange experiences. And I'm like, just tell me, like, what's this weird thing that happened to you? Like, I don't know. If, I don't know if ghosts are real, but I don't think that they specifically are. Um, OK, let's move into um, sociopathy and psychopathy. What can you so we should start by defining a couple things probably first. What is antisocial personality disorder? And what is the difference between psychopathy and sociopathy slash is there a difference between those two things? You know I teach about this, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's why I'm asking you, because you are you are a professional in this field, and so you are you are accredited to answer this question. Well, I don't know if I'm necessarily a you, you know. Let me preface and say I'm not a clinical psychologist. There we go. However, I have taught classes about antisocial personality disorder and psychopath and psychopathy and sociopathy. I'm not an expert by any means, but I'll give my own rendition of sure. what it is. So antisocial personality disorder is the DSM qualification that we give to any type of serial killer any anyone who commits uh terrible acts or you can have antisocial personality disorder and not be a serial killer that's a thing um yeah so sociopathy and psychopathy they're not in the dsm so you're they're not going to get an official diagnosis of that unless okay. that psychologist is focusing on another aspect right you can use other things to diagnose people is what i'm saying anyway right. so basically People with antisocial personality disorder are not antisocial in the I don't want to hang out with people. They're antisocial in that they don't mind or they have no problem violating social norms and conventions. Um, and in some cases, that includes breaking the law. Um, right. They have a lot of callous indifference uh, about violating people's rights or using people for their own gain. Um, so, for example, an antisocial personality disorder person wouldn't see a problem with harming an animal or a dog or, or harming their dog because it, even though that defies our social norms they don't they don't see it as a problem mm. right um the diagnosis you can't be diagnosed with this until you're 18 um legally so you usually will get like some sort of um like adolescent dis bis disorder conduct disorder kind of thing but early forms of Antisocial behavior can include truancy, running away, initiating physical fights, using weapons, forcing people into sexual activities, uh, physical cruelty, again, to people or animals, um, destruction of property, setting fires, um, assaulting other people, robbing, robbing people, you know, that kind of thing. And there's also, I mean, there's like, there's a difference between um, behavioral and, um, emotional symptoms of antisocial personality disorder with people over the age of 40 they usually tend to have less symptoms of that like behavioral antisocial like um impulsive behavior like doing a bunch of drugs or um hurting people without any warning or that kind of thing mm -hmm. or taking unnecessary risks or just being like really physically confrontational with others they usually will lose those behaviors by the time they're 40 but then keep the like lack of empathy towards other people um they might also not like have adhere to social norms or social rules and like have a lack of concern or or uh, remorse for their misdeeds. So mm. like if I emotionally manipulate you and you're like, hey, that wasn't cool, I don't give a shit. Kind of, mm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what people usually get diagnosed with. There are other types of personality disorders that have a high association with serial killers. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Dexter. No. What? Nope. But I love <gasps> Michael C. Hall. 
Uh, okay, well, Dexter is like, he's not, I don't think Dexter has antisocial personality disorder because he has empathy for other people, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but he, what, what stands out to me about Dexter is he has a lot of magical thinking where he like sees his dead dad and thinks his dead dad is talking to him all the time. Mm. And he kind of like, he creates this thing called a dark passenger and that's who does the killing. So it's not Dexter that wants to kill. It's his dark passenger Mm. that wants to kill. And I think that's more appropriate for like schizotypal personality disorder because they have that really essential. There's like, yeah. And there's like a hallucinogenic. Is it fair to say that there's like a hallucinogenic, aspect to that and so that's why it's more schizotypal or mm-hmm. okay yeah he is that magical thing and then women who are quote-unquote psychopaths or end up being serial killers i think they probably have borderline personality disorder not adp and not apd they could have apd but i women are more likely to be diagnosed as borderline okay because when women How- commit atrocious acts it's usually emotional Okay. Uh, emotionally charged. How how could you so just to draw for our listeners at home? How, can you draw a line between antisocial personality disorder and borderline personality disorder, or are they just two very different things? I mean, they're very different. The people with okay. So one thing to keep in mind about personality disorders because people will hear a symptom and be like, "Wait, but I do that." Right. Yeah. I do that. Right. I'm like, oh my god, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like when I first found out about borderline personality disorder, I was like, oh my God, so many people who have this disorder. Right. That's not, that's not the case. People with a, this personality disorder don't see it as a problem. They don't want to change anything about themselves. They don't, it's not like the fact that they do these things, it doesn't, it doesn't bother them. Mm. They're not going to go seek help for it because they think this is just who I am. Yeah, this, this is, is just how I operate. This is the kind of person I am. And the clear, I like to draw the line between people who have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and people who have obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Mm. Because those with OCPD, they don't ever want to change their behaviors. Whereas those with OCD are constantly wishing they could change the way they behave. Okay. Because it causes them distress. Right. Right. It doesn't people with these disorders, personality disorders, it doesn't cause them distress and they don't really think they need to change. So I just like to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I actually had never heard that distinction between like OCD and OCPD before. So I like I like that. Yeah, I really like to look into it because especially I teach undergrads and I don't Mm. need them going home and being like, oh, yeah, I have a personality disorder. No, dude, honestly, I mean, when I went to massage therapy school, they were like, "Okay, here's like all of these different pathologies, like taking pathology 101. I'm like, "Okay, great. Well, I guess I have liver failure, you know, because I I see all of these things. And I'm like, no, what am I talking about? Like my livers and my liver and kidneys are just fine. You know, but you see like these patterns in yourself and you're like, wait, sometimes I'm tired. Maybe that is my stomach lining falling out or something, you know, like, yeah, whatever. No, I feel you. Yeah. Um, But like borderline has a lot of similar symptoms as antisocial, but it's usually diagnosed in women because they have that impulsive behavior. A lot of them will use drugs. They are also have like suicidal uh, and self-injurious behavior but a lot of times they'll use that as a way to manipulate other people Hmm. like oh i'm hurting myself because you did this or i'm gonna kill myself if you don't if you leave me Mm. in this relationship Mm. right like that kind of emotional manipulation uh yeah and they have a hard time regulating their negative emotions i'd argue that people with borderline personality disorder have a lack of empathy but it's not it's not actually part of the diagnosis Word. But, so, um, so, mm, APD slash BPD, how do those tie into like serial killers slash psychopaths? Well, let's go psychopaths first and then how does, how does psychopathy tie into serial killers? Because it's this like circles and squares kind of thing or uh, squares and rectangles, squares and rectangles kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so so what really is I find the most interesting, and you got to remember, I'm a cognitive psychologist. <clears throat> so is that people who have 
APD and also who have borderline have different brain responses to different stimuli. So okay. like for there's this famous trolley experiment, right? Yeah. Where you, you know, but what they've taken it a step further and they have said, okay, it's the trolley experiment, but now you have to push someone off a bridge to save everyone. Would you push that person off the bridge? Right. And regardless of your answer, what they were actually looking at is how people who are psychopaths or people who have antisocial personality like were they disorder, almost excited to at the idea of pushing someone off a bridge? Is that what you mean? Or like No. What activity was going off in their brain? Okay. And they our hypothalamus is what regulates like our emotions and, and has like personal meaning. Mm -hmm. And people normal people had their hypothalamus like activity go off, whereas people who are psychopaths, antisocial, there was no activity, mm. right? So they, it's like, it's like they didn't, it's like those different areas are almost underdeveloped is how I feel. Interesting. About it. Um, but yeah, psychopaths have to go through their own set of checklists, but it's very, it's very similar to antisocial. I don't understand sociopathy, to be honest. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I think about like the Austin bomber and he was like a self-proclaimed sociopath. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if you know about the Austin bomber. You can talk about it. Uh, he was a guy, one of my friends actually went to school with him. He was sending packages to people's houses that had bombs inside of mm -hmm. them. And a bunch of people died from him just sending. How long them. ago was this? Two, three years ago. Okay. Wow. I did not. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was really interesting. Um, but he had a confession tape, and I think something in the tape he said something about like, "Oh, I'm a sociopath," hmm. and like, "I wish I could say that I was sorry, but I'm not sorry, but I wish that I was." And I'm like, "Okay, I wish people would go to therapy." Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I feel like a lot of things could be helped with therapy that's fascinating that it's it's so I, I don't know so this is this is why i want to start to like have this conversation oh shoot it's fine everything's fine um the thing that baffles me is that someone can say something like yeah i wish i was sorry but i'm not sorry how can you wish that you were sorry and not do anything to be sorry or like how can you want to be sorry, but not be sorry? Yeah. And one of my students was telling me that they follow this TikToker who's a self-proclaimed psychopath. She might be diagnosed. I don't know. And she's like, oh, yeah, I have kids and I know I'll never love them, but I wish I could love them. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand sometimes. I'm glad you're not murdering people. Though. Yeah, absolutely. But I also don't get I don't understand that sentiment. Maybe that's the point. Maybe. You know, is it maybe that's the the basic litmus test. Do you understand? that? <laughs> Do you understand that statement? Yes. OK, well, then maybe we should have more talks. No. OK, cool. Join the club, my dude. We also don't understand wishing that you could do something and not being like having that feeling <clears throat> like, yeah. oh, I wish I could love this person, but I know I never will. It's like. Okay. Okay. Well, then why do you have kids in the first place is my other thing. Like. But. Okay, well, so... well, but with a, with a psychopath though, like, isn't, and uh, forgive me if I'm totally wrong here. I'm going to misspeak a lot here. Um, but isn't the whole idea that it's like everything that you're doing in your life is to like, is for your own gain, you know? So it's like, I had kids for my own gain. Like they just are for me you know what like gain with... i don't know you know maintaining actually, a relationship with your husband that's funny you say that because i'm gonna get a little personal here but i'm i mean she's not officially diagnosed but i would definitely diagnose my mother as borderline personality disorder and one time she did tell me the reason she had kids is so she would finally have someone who loved her unconditionally woof and, uh, and that is a gain right yeah and that's also not not realistic. yeah yeah plenty of kids who don't love the parents <laughs> uh -huh. uh, especially when you act the way that yeah, you yeah 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 um, absolutely but so 
I did want to tell you. So basically with psychopathy, they usually have like a checklist that they go through. Right. Um, I'm looking at this hair checklist. Um, and they'll give them a score of like zero to three um, for people who take this test. It's usually done through interviews. Um, and so so a lot of times it'll be uh, superficial charm, obviously. Uh, a high self-esteem, high estimation of yourself like you think of ted bundy and he was like oh i'm hot shit bro sure um a needs for stimulation i mean i have that whatever 100 <laughs> percent psychopath baby <laughs> pathological lying cunning and manipulative definitely me yeah definitely you yeah. uh lack of remorse or guilt shallow affect callousness and a lack of empathy mm-hmm. parasitic lifestyle what is that that's a great question. I used to know the answer. So, so maybe that, like, maybe that's why this woman had children. Mm. Like that, that is that aspect of that parasite. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a professional. Disclaimer, and I'll put it at the beginning too. I am not a professional. Also, put that I'm not a professional. Yeah, we are not professionals. <laughs> We're just talking. Also, trigger warning. <clears throat> oh, uh, financial. Dependence on others. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Exploitive. Um, sexual promiscuity, lack of realistic long-term goals, impulsivity, irresponsibility, not accepting responsibility for your actions, a lot of short-term marital relationships, uh, criminality, all that jazz. But see, mm-hmm. it, it's just like symptoms like that. I'm like, yeah, but you could apply that to a lot of other people. Yeah, but Especially- isn't it a continuous... Oh, I just hit my microphone. Isn't a continuous like occurrence of each of those things? So because one sign or symptom does not a pattern make, right? But if we see a lot of these signs and or symptoms, you know, occurring in one individual over the course of time then we can be like, okay, we're seeing a pattern here. Mm-hmm. Like, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, I would say so. But I also think one thing that people don't consider, especially for like borderline personality disorder, and that's why I always preface with people with these disorders don't want to change, don't right. care to change, and don't feel remorse about it. Sure. Um, is that borderline personality disorder, a lot of those symptoms can also come from having complex PTSD. Mm. Like a lot of those symptoms. Like if you grew up with someone who used suicide or self-harm or any kind of that emotional manipulation when you were a kid and you were subjected to that, then it would make sense that you would also use that as your in your relationships because you don't know better well because that is what's been given to you in your like epistemological toolbox right you're like okay cool this is my dad handed me these wrenches so these are the wrenches i know to use you know right and that doesn't mean you have borderline personality yeah it just just means that those are the tools you have and usually those types of people will want to change that behavior they're like i don't like that i do this yeah right Um, um go ahead Okay. Well, I was going to ask you a different question because um, I was going to try to transition this into serial killers and yeah. how like psychopaths, not all psychopaths are serial, serial killers and not all serial killers are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. And then I want you to tell me who your favorite serial killer is. <laughs> if, if you can have a favorite, is that appropriate to say like, oh, my favorite serial killer is this person? Hmm. I don't know if I actually have a favorite serial or killer. Pick a couple I, faves. I, I have a few that are interesting. Okay. I mean, John Wayne Gacy, very dressing up as. And just know that I know almost nothing about serial killers. So. Oh, H.H. Holmes is my favorite. Okay, okay that great. was so interesting. Okay. Great. So, so let, first, let's go from psychopath to serial killer and then give me some info on H.H. H. Holmes. Okay. So. Being a psychopath doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a serial killer. Obviously, um, you can be a CEO and be a psychopath. It just is about how you experience the world and how you act in the world. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to become a criminal, right? And all serial killers aren't necessarily psychopaths. Like, there's definitely been killers who have... Like, I thought there was this woman recently I read about where she murdered a another woman who was pregnant. So she ended up killing like a woman who was pregnant and stealing her baby. 
And that's not necessarily serial killer, but I in that specific instance, she had like a horrible brain trauma where she just was like not right in the head. And that doesn't make, mean that she was a psychopath, you know? Um, I think traditionally the way I think about psychopaths and serial killers is if they actually like enjoy killing, mm. like they get some sort of pleasure out of it. Sure. Or they get something out of it. And I say that, but I also just read an interview of this serial killer who was saying he didn't really feel anything while killing. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I think you can have other disorders and also be a serial killer, or you could even just be a um, a radical. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you could have other disorders and also just be a serial killer, or you could have no disorders and be a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> you could just be average Joe Schmo and then walk in and slice someone's head off. I don't know. No, because to be a serial killer, no, you you're right. More than one person in more than... It has one. to be a pattern of behavior, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was... At this And now... Okay, now we're going to get dark. I, I'm going to have to put a trigger warning and a possible gore warning and a disclaimer that we're not professionals at the beginning of this. Um, so I'm sure I've already done that. Congratulations to me. Good job, Basic. Uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day oh, because we were talking about serial killers. I was talking about this interview and I was saying, I cannot for the life of me imagine what it would take to end another person's life. And the, the fact that there are people out there that like not only have done it multiple times, but also like derive joy from doing that baffles me. Like, it, it's something that I have such a hard time comprehending. So all of that, too, kind of lead into this information that you're sharing about serial killers. Yeah. I mean, just, like, honestly, any killer, any anyone who kills someone and it's not a crime of passion. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there was this one guy who, I'm trying to remember his name. I think his name was Chris Watts. He, like, killed his wife and his two daughters one day. And, I, and I'm like, there was no real reason. Rhyme or, oh, it's because he was talking to another woman and he wanted to be with the other woman. But instead of just, like, leaving his family, he murdered He just them. murdered them. Hmm. And I'm like, that's not... What? Like, who, who... Just leave your wife, dude. Right? Like, yeah. what the heck? That's, yeah. It, do it doesn't make any sense. Or if you even think about, like, the, the creator of Jonestown, like, he forced all of those people, 900, over 900 people, and a good chunk of them were under the age of, mm -hmm. like, 17, to kill themselves. Yeah. Well, that wasn't even just, like, serial killer. That's, like, cult leader, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy was batshit crazy, but I wouldn't call him antisocial. Like, he really believed that God sent him to do all these mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. did you did you ever watch wild wild country on netflix mm -hmm. sponsored by netflix um <laughs> thank you so much netflix Thanks, uh man. wild wild country is probably one of the greatest documentaries i have ever seen it is about osho which like an antelope oregon in 1984 and like the takeover of this small town in oregon by this massive cult leader from India, it's absolutely phenomenal. And it's shot so beautifully. It's really good. Mm. I'll have to add I'm not time. gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's really yeah, fucking awesome. What also fascinates this is just me throwing something out. What also fascinates me about this is a lot of these serial killers or people who end up being serial killers have a long history of abuse, like from their parents. Mm abuse or neglect i okay i'm gonna get neurological for a second i remember reading somewhere in a book of like when i think i was like 15 or 16 that how can i have to cite my source and i don't know how i'm gonna do it because i don't remember the fucking book that i read that <laughs> there, there are people who are born with an excess of serotonin 
in like in and around their brain and up until the age of like eight or something like that or or maybe a little bit older if they are subject to some sort of traumatic experience it can have horrible it can like cause actual damage to their prefrontal cortex because of the way that it like i and I was like, that is absolutely fascinating. I mean, that makes sense because the prefrontal cortex is usually what's the most impaired for people with borderline and antisocial. But also, if you have ADHD, you can have impulsivity and lack of impulse control. So. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Don't lie. ADHD are actually all. <laughs> We're all killers. just fucking serial killers. He. <laughs> oh my god, we would people with ADHD, myself included, would literally be the worst serial killers. We'd be like, oh, I gotta go kill this person. Oh shit. Oh wait, wait I, I forgot. forgot. I forgot. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I have to go do something else. Like we'd get caught instantly because we'd like forget to hide the body. Um, tell me about H.H. Holmes. Oh, bro, this guy's fucking crazy. Start at start at the beginning. Okay. He was born into a wealthy family. <laughs> he was born in, uh, uh, he was born he had, a baby. <laughs> he had signs of high intelligence Ooh. from an early age. What does that mean when they say stuff like that? That you're highly intelligent? It means you knew how to put the squares in the square box and the stars in the star box. Mm. Is that intelligence or is it more intelligent knowing that you could put all of the shapes in one box? Because, Or is that, that's what efficiency is. He had signs of high efficiency from an early age. And intelligent. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at a recount of his life because okay. I have to familiarize myself. Um. So he was a pharmacist and he went by Dr. H. H. Holmes, right? Um, he created, I always thought it was a hotel, but I guess it was a house. He created this house that was known as the Murder Castle. Bro, is this what hotel is based on? Mm -hmm. Fucking American Horror Story Hotel? Oh, it could be. Like, maybe. I know that's uh, John Wayne Gacy is based off one of the American Horror Story, like the killer clown. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so this murder castle had all these secret passages and trap doors and soundproof rooms um, that could be locked from the outside. Um, no. And basically he would like put he would have people come stay at this castle and he would leak in gas so it would knock them out. And then he would kill them. How? How did he kill them? Yeah. Did he just, was he like, that's it? That's it. Um, he apparently he was on surgical tables. <gasps> how did he kill? I, that's a good question. I wonder. See, how that's what I'm saying. Because I feel, okay, th this is a little bit fucked up, but I want to know how. Because I feel like that's kind of. <laughs> that's like the calling card you know like who was it that would like drill holes into their victim's skulls so they like couldn't move oh i don't know <laughs> so they were like know. paralyzed uh he would like lobotomize them huh I don't and then know. he would just like keep them alive for weeks on end and then he would eventually kill them hmm i don't know he had a lot of lives. Hold on. I'm trying to find out how he killed other people. Okay, okay, okay. But everyone has to write a goddamn article about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Dahmer. Dahmer lobotomized his victims. Dahmer did? Oh, that sucks. He's, he's yep. nasty. Performed lobotomies on some of his victims while they were drugged, then strangled and dissected the corpses when his experiments failed. That's so fucked up. That's See, that's what I'm saying. Like, that kind of behavior, I'm like... How in the world could you do that to a human being? How could you do that to any living creature, first of all? Like, that's fucked beyond all belief. But he, like, 
performing a lobotomy on someone so you know that they are completely conscious and can feel pain and just have to sit there and wait while you do whatever it is that you're about to do and then and oh and they were drugged and then he would strangle and dissect them so he would like make it so that they were a vegetable and then he would kill them Mm. and then he would dissect their bodies like wow like it's so many steps. Mm. It's so many steps. Like oh wow, Jizo, dude. Didn't he? Wasn't he also a cannibal? Yes. Dahmer. Yeah. I just would get the Milwaukee cannibals. There's that picture of this guy, this Asian guy, begging cops to help him. He was about to be one of Dahmer's victims, and Dahmer came up and he was like, "Oh, he's just being silly. He's just my partner." And took him back and killed him. And the cops didn't do anything. That's so crazy. Because Dahmer's white. I don't know if you want to include that in the podcast. No, include it. Include it. No, it's fucked up. You're right. Um... So this one kind of gets me. So Holmes apparently had a number of ways of killing his victims. But the one that really gets me is he told this woman that she was pregnant with his child. I guess they had sex. Whatever. Um, And that he wanted to marry her, but only if she had an abortion. And so he was going to be the one to perform the abortion. And so he just overdosed her with chloroform (gasps) and then killed her. Yeah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's fucked. That's, that's fucked. so fucked up. That's so fucked up. He only killed women. I know that. Oh, my God. So that's, so that's the thing is that I'm like, okay, so like Dahmer predominantly killed Asian men, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. And A.J. Holmes was a woman murderer. And who are some of the other serial killers that are big and famous? Ed Bundy. Bundy killed women. Yeah, yes. killed women. Uh, who's the clown killer? Even though he was fucking married. Like, I don't get that. I don't get how you can be married to someone and then think you're a totally normal, charming guy. And then you've just killed so many other people. Gacy killed gay men. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's so weird. Like, like and then where? And prostitutes right i think so i don't know yeah prostitutes like where see that's the thing that's so weird like where do the motives come from where why the pattern you know like and okay so you like you kill one asian man and now you're like guess that's what i'm doing well gacy he apparently put his victims in the same situations that his dad used to do to him oh so he would physically oh and God, verbally abuse dude. them before he killed them. That's so fucked up. And it took place in his basement, which is where his father would take him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's almost like, wow. Trauma, but in like the absolute fucking worst way. Yeah, I think of it as like these people are already predisposed to have some sort of disorder, either psychopathy or antisocial yeah. or, you know, even schizotypal or any of the other ones. It's sad. Talked about. And then because of environmental factors like abuse, that's yeah. what causes them to take that extra step. It's sad. Although I say that and I don't think Ted Bundy had a fucked up home life. Mm. I think he was just a narcissist. And I don't think he had antisocial. I think he was a, had narcissistic personality disorder. But anyway craziness bundy was the one that was like super good looking right yeah he's really not like but like like in his trials right like all the women were like yeah that's right that's right zach Zach efron was actually ted bundy (laughs) stop thirsting over a murderer (laughs) did you say kill me stop (laughs) canceled canceled you're telling me that if ryan reynolds walked into your house and he was like i would say you need to leave sir this is a private home (laughs) also thanks for mint mobile it's great thank you mint mobile for sponsoring this podcast (laughs) thank you for kitkat for sponsoring this podcast uh no dude if ryan reynolds walked into my house i'd be like what's up (laughs) okay i'd be like thank you for deadpool it's great Speaking of uh, walking into people's houses, you want to hear about a case my dad worked? Yeah, if you can talk about it. 
I can't. It was on Dateline. Okay, okay, then yes, absolutely. We're we're no. shifting topics from serial killers. Dang, no, I gotta say, a serial killer. Okay, great. Then let let's do it. Then share it away. Okay, so basically, this woman was having an open house because she was selling her house, right? And mm-hmm. for some reason, not for some reason, you should be allowed to be a woman and exist, but it's fine. Yeah, uh, she was alone. And this guy was like, hey, can I come see your house? And she's like, yeah, sure. And so she let him see the house. And then he strangled her and tied her hands with zip ties and then killed her. And so, like, that was the main case. But he had done this to a bunch of other women. He would, like, go to their open houses, make sure they were alone, and then strangle them and kill them. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? I know I keep, I literally keep saying like, what the fuck? And oh my God. But literally I have no other reaction because I can't, I am baffled. I am baffled by people's, people's fucking nerve. Honestly, stop killing people for no fucking reason. I swear. Stop. Just wait. Okay. So my dad, the reason my dad found him. So he goes to this he he gets a call about one guy and he's like, all right, let's go check it out. It's probably nothing. He's a pastor. He has kids. He's married, whatever. So they go to his house and they talk to him. And he's a normal good dude. So they're like, ah, okay, nothing here. And then as they're leaving, my dad looks over because it was a farm and he sees that their hay bells were tied with the exact same zip ties that were used to tie up the women's hands. And he was like, Oh, we got, got him. Got him. That was the only thing that tipped him off. I'm you like, fucked up, sir. That was it. And I'm like, bro, a pastor with kids killing women for why? No why? And complete strangers too. So I'm like, like, oh my god, what what drives people to do this? Like. This is the question. Get in the comments, okay? Everyone, get in the comments. Let me know. Like, tell me why you think people murder other people. Because this is fucking insane to me. Why? Outside of crimes of passion. Outside of crimes of passion, obviously. We're talking about serial killers. Why do they do this? What is the motive? Is it... What is it? Is it control? Is it trauma? Is it... I, I am baffled by this it is i know this is kind of a dark episode for episode two but oops all bangers i don't give a fuck we're covering it and it's fine dude that's fucking crazy and good for your dad for catching that nice i know way to go yeah that's really cool way to go mr infinity mr mr notions mr notions (laughs) good job mr notions or uh what, what what rank is he Sergeant. Good job, Sergeant Notions. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's Good retired job. now, but hey, you can still keep it. There actually I just learned a word about that. When you keep your title, but you you keep your title even though you've retired. Damn, John Wayne Casey Casey killed thirty three people. Emeritus. Emeritus. E M E R I T U S. Emeritus. Emeritus. Yes. Sergeant Emeritus Notions. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Perfect. Anyway, dude, 33 people. That's fucking crazy. That's like, okay. After the first person, you're like, here's my thought process. I can't even imagine killing one person. But if I killed one person, I would be like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know? And then that multiply that by 33. What do you do then? What do you, you just have 33 bodies. How do you get rid of them? And, and, and he didn't get caught. After, with the first 32, he did not get caught. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that a commentary on like our, our, our legal system? Or is that just him being fucking sneaky? Both a little maybe? I don't know. I mean, they were buried at his fucking house. I, yeah, so it's like, wow, that's insane. Wow. God, the smell. The smell. How would you... Like how, how you need a lot of space for 33 bodies. I'm sorry. I'm getting too logical about this and, and maybe it's getting a little too dark, but like that's yeah, a cr- lot of space. <laughs> that's a lot. Like how big is your basement, dude? I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, oh, okay. All except for four were stowed in or around his house. Oh God, dude. 
The last four were found in a river. Okay, so the last four, he was like, ah, I'm running. I'm out of space. I'm running. And then he just tossed them. It's like, oh, now you're getting lazy. Yeah. At least, hopefully, it was like Florida with the gator. Okay, never mind. Anyway. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, if you needed to, no, I'm not even going to say it. No, I am going to say it. If you ever needed to dispose of a body, Florida would probably be the place because you can just feed it to an alligator and no one would be any the wiser. You know I what I mean? Like, for real, like alligators or dinosaurs, dude, no one wants to get near them because they will mess you up. Facts. So I want to try to end this interview on a slightly happy note. Okay. So, um, uh, so, so tell me, tell me a joke. <laughs> You want me to tell you a joke? Tell me a joke. Yeah, let's let's just shift it positive for a little bit. Uh, why are fish so easy to weigh? Hmm. Why? Because they have their own scales. Stop. <laughs> Dumb. That's good though. That's good. Okay, give me one more. Just lighten the mood a little bit. Two peanuts were walking down the street. One was salted. One was assaulted. Oh, that's <laughs> fucked up! One was assaulted? Oh no! The poor peanut! <laughs> I went to a bookstore and asked a saleswoman where the self-help section was. She said if she told me, it would defeat the purpose. Ah, yeah, okay, that's good, that's good. Nice. Okay. Oh, Infinity Girl, what did we learn today? Um, don't kill people. Don't kill people. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, we'll talk about you on this podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll call you out. We'll get in the comments and we'll call you out. We're going to dox you if you kill people. We'll find you. Uh, Sergeant Emeritus Notions will find you. Um, what else did we learn? Uh, we, we learned... learned Oh, that's horror is complex. And yeah. Good horror goes beyond the fears. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that it's multi layered and has has a, a meaning beneath the scare. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Cool. I have cool. one more joke for you. I want to hear it. OK. Yesterday, I confused the words jacuzzi and Yakuza. Now I'm in hot water with the Japanese Stop. mafia. Stop. <laughs> that one's good. I like that one. Yakuza. The Yakuza. I've been, watching, I've been watching my friend play that game, so. Oh, I haven't played it. I haven't either. Anyway, yeah, I had a great time. Nice. Uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend Basic Weech as a reviewer. Yeah. Interviewer. As and a reviewer. I'll, I'll, yeah. give you, I'll give you a review anytime. You just tell me what a review I'll... Uh, I'll review it. I'll give it three stars. Oh. Yeah, it's, you know, the average. Why do we, why do you think we, like, it has to be a five-star review? You know what I mean? Like, like, because a four-star is not good. You know, four-star is like, obviously. Three-star, also not good. Like, if it's a five, if it's not a five-star, it's basically a one-star. Right. Why don't they just have, like, I like this, I don't like this? That's what Netflix does. Yeah. This podcast sponsored by Netflix. This podcast uh, sponsored by Wild Wild Country. Uh, do you want to do the sign-off with me? Sure. What do I do? Um, I'm going to say I'm basic, and then you're going to say, and I'm infinite notions. And okay. then we're both going to say, and we'll see you next time. Okay. okay you ready? I'm going to leave that me explaining the whole thing in the podcast. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Basic. And I'm Infinite Notions. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>